Growing up in the USA, I enjoyed watching a TV panel show to tell the truth. The format went like this. A panel of celebrities was presented with three challengers, all claiming to be telling the truth, but two of the three were imposters. An announcer asked the three challengers, what is your name, please? And each challenger answered the same, my name is so-and-so, giving the central character's name. The panelists were each given a few minutes to question the challengers. The imposters were permitted to lie or to make up stories, but the central character had to tell the truth. Once the panelists had voted, the TV host asked, will the real person please stand up? Many times the panelists were surprised and fooled. And the phrase, will the real person please stand up, became an idiomatic expression in American English. And so, as we await the return of the Lord, with so many false Christs, false prophets, and false messiahs pretending and fooling people today, it's time to pray and to summons the Lord, will the real Messiah please stand up? And I'm here to tell you that when he returns, nobody is going to be fooled. There will be no doubt as to his identity. You see, quoting the prophet Daniel, Revelation 1-7 promises, Behold, he's coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all tribes of the earth will wail and mourn over him. Even so, amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The Jerusalem Channel is made possible by viewer support. Thanks for watching. Shalom, I'm Christine Dark. Will the real Messiah please stand up and take your rightful place? Amen. Friends, he's coming. He's coming and lo and behold, he will be none other than Jesus of Nazareth, the lion of the tribe of Judah. The rabbis call the prophetic time period we're living in the days of Messiah. And they will unfold immediately prior to the time of great worldwide tribulation, leading to the prophesied end of days. Recently, it was reported that a prominent rabbi believes the Messiah is already here amongst us. Rabbi Chaim Kanevsky wrote on his Hebrew language website that Israel's redemption is near because he believes the Messiah is alive now and he will be revealed when Israel merits it. Well, that rabbi is halfway prophesying because, in a sense, for sure, Messiah is here already because his spirit is here with us. Emmanuel means God with us, and Emmanuel is one of the prophetic names of Messiah. In fact, Isaiah 7:14 prophesied, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And in chapter 1 of the Gospel of Matthew, the genealogy of Jesus is listed, and his birth narrative is written. And in verse 21 of that chapter, the angel announces that Mary 
will give birth to a son, and he is to be named Jesus, Yeshua, which means in Hebrew, the Lord saves. And she's to name him that because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, that behold, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which, as I said, means God with us. So Messiah has already come, and soon enough, my Jewish friends will recognize his identity because of future events soon to unfold. And as a faithful friend of Israel, I want to warn my elder brothers in the faith, the Jewish people to whom I owe such a debt of gratitude for this Bible and for the Savior, I must warn them that the Messiah they are yearning for will be a false Messiah. He will even tragically be the dreaded Antichrist figure. Now, Rabbi Chaim Konevsky is one of the most prominent rabbis of this generation who thinks Messiah is alive. He's a leader of the Haredi branch of Judaism, and he's the author of numerous authoritative books on Jewish law. He wrote that in this generation, there's much persecution and hatred of Torah scholars. And he said, it seems that in recent years in particular, we see that all the signs mentioned in the Gemara have been fulfilled. And he said, we look forward at any moment to the coming of Messiah. And he said, he will come to his sanctuary and be revealed. Did you know that many of the great Jewish sages of past generations, as well as Rabbi Konevsky's late father, the Stepler Rabbi, they prepared a special garment to wear when the Messiah comes. And preparation of festal garments shows the great and real expectation. Thankfully, the scriptures indicate that Israel will not follow the Antichrist for very long because he will show his true colors and he will betray them by breaking an end-time peace treaty that will turn out to be a false covenant. You see, the deal of the century concocted by the American president's son-in-law could be the forerunner of just such a scenario because the Bible clearly tells us that the Antichrist will one day confirm a treaty that will start off the seven-year tribulation period of the last days. The world will undergo various forms of tribulation, collectively called what the rabbis call the birth pangs of the Messiah. That phrase about labor pains was used also by Jesus in Matthew chapter 24. But the phrase birth pains of Messiah is also found in the Jewish Talmud. Some sages say the birth pangs will last 70 years with the last seven as the most intense labor period, the time of Jacob's trouble that's referenced in Jeremiah 37. Just before the second advent of Jesus, a period of tribulation and distress for Israel is going to occur. After this great tribulation period, however, he will usher in Yom Yehovah, the day of the Lord, and the sabbatical millennium, that's a 1,000-year reign of King Messiah. And that is prophesied in Revelation 20, verse 4. Now, a Bible verse that combines several elements of the last days that I've just been mentioning 
is 1 Thessalonians 5.3 in the New Testament. And here the Apostle Paul prophesies, while people are saying peace and safety, peace and security, destruction will come upon them suddenly like labor pains on a pregnant woman, Paul said, and they will not escape. Well, peace and safety or peace and security is the exact mantra prophesied in the Bible that politicians use today. Politicians who claim that they'll be the ones to champion a peace deal between the Israelis and the Arabs. The prophets wrote that Zion is going to go through labor and then give birth to children. And that is why another famous rabbi in history, one called the Vilna Goan, wrote that Israel's national redemption will be like a rebirth of the nation of Israel. And so we've seen it. Although the time of Jacob's trouble is dreaded or denied, yet, don't forget, it's promised that out of it, Israel is going to be saved, as Jeremiah 37 and Romans chapter 11 promise. Now, concerning false messiahs, Jesus himself prophesied in Matthew chapter 24, Therefore, he said, if they say to you, look, he, meaning the Messiah, is in the desert, do not go out. Or if they say, behold, he's in the inner rooms, don't believe it. For, Jesus says, as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man, prophesying about his second coming. Jesus faithfully warned his own people that one day they will unfortunately follow, for a while, a false messiah. And are we going to be faithful watchmen on the walls by not warning Israel that a false messiah is coming? Jesus, Yeshua is his Hebrew name, prophesied, in fact, in John chapter 5 and verse 43, I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another shall come in his own name, him you will receive. Well, it's interesting, at our Jerusalem Channel Facebook page recently, we posted the news article about the rabbi who believes that the Messiah is alive and well on planet Earth. And the comments posted were very interesting. Somebody, for example, commented, if the rabbi believes the Messiah is here now, it's going to be the Antichrist. But also, if the Antichrist is here now and waiting to be revealed as 2 Thessalonians 2, 7 in the New Testament says, he cannot be revealed until the church is first taken out of the way or raptured or removed, as the person commented, if the Antichrist is amongst us, hopefully the rapture for believers is going to happen very soon. One commenter correctly observed that the true Messiah is an Israelite, as Micah 5.2 prophesied in that verse, pinpointed Messiah's birthplace that can only be Bethlehem. So the Messiah is not from New York or from the Ukraine, which the Jewish sects Chabad and Breslev would have you believe. But he has to be born in Bethlehem, where, of course, Jesus was born, and he was a true Israelite. Well, the Bible reveals that the Antichrist will eventually war against Israel, and when this happens, 144,000 Jews from the 12 tribes of Israel will be sealed by God to preach the gospel around the world. Well, in the past, as you read that verse, you may have wondered, 
How can Israel know their former tribal DNA since many of the tribes have been lost? But God, the God of Israel, knows where they are and he's bringing many things to light in our times. Many people, especially in the East and in Africa, are rediscovering by revelation and by DNA tests that they are part of the formerly lost tribes of Israel. So momentous prophetic things are coming alive again, and Israel will see their true Messiah at the second coming when Jesus returns to the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem to defend Israel from destruction. Meanwhile, Rabbi Konevsky and many other rabbis like him teach that Israel must get to the point where they merit the revelation of Messiah. While it is true that part of repentance is seeking the Lord's face and causing the Lord to be entreated, nevertheless, no human being can merit his coming, just as nobody on earth merited his first coming. Salvation is purely by the grace of God and by the Lord's merits, by Messiah's merits, and not in our own merits. The Bible teaches that there's not one person who is righteous within ourselves. Instead, we must trust God for imputed righteousness, the righteousness of Messiah. And because of his faith, righteousness was imputed to the father of faith, to Abraham. Because of his faith, he was made righteous because he believed God. So Jesus is coming again because of God's promises, not because of our merit. Israel will be saved by the merits of God, and God is going to receive all the glory. But my point today is this. When prominent and revered rabbis are talking about the soon coming of Messiah, Christians should wake up from their slumber, sit up, and pay attention and know what time it is on God's calendar. We are supposed to be able to read the signs and to know what the scriptures foretell. We must understand the times. Just today, I was reading Proverbs 20, verse 12, and it says, ears to hear and eyes to see, both are gifts from the Lord. We have to have ears to hear and eyes to see what God is saying to the churches in this critical hour. And he's saying that if the Jewish people are this eager again to receive and expect the Messiah, he is truly at the doors. But first scripture warns that Antichrist will test the hearts of the earth dwellers. Although Israel exists once again miraculously as a nation, the age of the church is wrapping up and coming to an end. However, the good news is that salvation and the spirit of Messiah are still at the moment available for everyone to be saved by the spirit of revelation who wants to be saved. However, if you watch this broadcast on YouTube after the rapture, I warn you to be aware of taking the dreaded so-called mark of the beast. Although I believe we're living in the last days, these presently are still the days of God's favor. But the acceptable day of the Lord will soon end after the fullness of the Gentiles is gathered and completed in the church from the nations. I mentioned last week about God's times and seasons, how Jesus foresaw Israel's tragic reception of the Antichrist and the Antichrist's future defilement of the rebuilt holy temple at the time of the end. 
He knew all of these things would transpire when he read public scripture in his home synagogue. That important incident is recorded in the New Testament in Luke chapter 4, where Jesus read from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Think for a moment how in the 20th century, the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered and one of the jars contained a complete Isaiah scroll. And many times we've been privileged to walk around that huge long scroll as it is displayed unfurled in a circle at Israel's Museum of the Book. Well, Jesus unrolled a copy of the scroll of Isaiah in his home synagogue and he chose to read part of the passage from Isaiah 61 pertaining to his first coming. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, he read, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to set at liberty the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus accomplished that mission. He did heal the blind. He did preach the good news of repentance and forgiveness of sins. He set the captives free from demons. But he abruptly stopped reading at that point and pronounced that in their hearing that day in the synagogue, that portion of the scripture was fulfilled. He only read the part concerning his first coming, the year of the Lord's favor, the time of salvation, mercy, and healing. And it's lasted nearly 2,000 years. Jesus didn't go on to finish the passage about Yom Adonai, the day and the great and terrible day of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God. All of that will transpire at his second coming when he comes to judge and cleanse the earth. Jesus, and remember Yeshua is his Hebrew name, will fulfill the rest of the Isaiah passage upon his return as King Messiah at the end of the age, at the end of the great tribulation period which both the prophet Daniel and the book of Revelation describe as a seven-year period. After the terrible time of testing called the Great Tribulation, Jesus will establish Zion as the praise of the earth and his headquarters. Well, traditional Jewish sources give some hints as to when they believe the Messiah will appear, but no one knows the exact time. Both the Hebrew Scriptures and the New Testament teach that the condition of the world during the end of the days will be grossly evil, as it is now. For example, the Apostle Peter prophesied, Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. And just this week, I saw in the news that rioters in Portland, Oregon, actually burning Bibles. Also know this, wrote the Apostle Paul, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. They'll be unthankful, unholy, perverse, without any natural affection, they will break truces. They'll be slanderers, fierce, despisers of the good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. Ultimately, the purpose of the Great Tribulation period is planned by God 
to purify the remnant in Israel and to cause them to return completely to God. I believe the best way to warn people is to show them the 100% accuracy of prophecy in this Bible, especially when it comes to Israeli sovereignty over the land of Israel. That began in 1948 and was prophesied here. Fulfilled prophecies about Israel in the Bible show how close we are to the rapture of the church. And let us remind you that no nation on earth has ever come back to its land to be a nation again after being dispersed throughout the world over a 2,000-year period called the Diaspora. And yet the Jewish people were nevertheless able to remain a distinct people. They kept the Sabbath, and God and the Sabbath kept them. The new Israel is a nation that was born in a single day on 14th of May, 1948. And Isaiah 66, 8 predicted that. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? The verse asks, shall a nation be born in one day? Shall a nation be brought forth in one moment? But as soon as Zion was in labor, there are those labor pains again, she brought forth her children. And think about this. In our time, that holy language has been revived. Even during Jesus' day, the common tongue was Aramaic, which is, of course, akin to Hebrew. But only now in our day, after Israel has become a nation again, do the Israelis speak Hebrew as their common tongue. And that's just as Zephaniah 3.9 in the Bible predicted what happened. By the way, that's a fascinating verse that indicates that after God's judgments have done their work, he will bring everybody to the knowledge of him. He's going to purify their lips, which have been polluted with the names of idols and worship offered to false gods. Well, in between the good ending and now, trouble is on the way to test earth dwellers. The book of Revelation speaks of a marking system or a tracking device that the Antichrist will use to demand all to receive in their hand or in their forehead in order to buy or sell. Even a few decades ago, there was no such a thing. And as we have pointed out previously, possible candidates for this ominous mark could be radio frequency identification implants or a quantum dot tattoo, DNA upgrade or testing through some type of vaccine. And there's much talk about one's DNA being actually altered so that persons are technically no longer humans created in the image of God. Meanwhile, plans for the prophesied third temple in Jerusalem continue to unfold. The Kohanic priesthood is reestablished and a high priest has been chosen. And Israel hasn't had a high priest for nearly 2,000 years. Fascinating that recently Israel's ambassador, Dror Idor, stood under the arch of Titus in Rome and prophetically recited the Psalms. The arch of Titus is a remnant of history, proving that the temple treasures were looted by the Romans and carried away to Rome. So the Israeli ambassador to Italy stood at the Roman victory arch and he proclaimed that although the captives of Judea were carried away from the Holy Land, nevertheless, he said the Jews have remained faithful to returning to Zion. And indeed, have you noticed that the Jewish people are now returning to Israel in record numbers? 
because of anti-Semitism that's on the rise in the USA and the world. Well, the Victory Arch of General Titus celebrated the destruction of the second Jewish temple, and Jews have lamented it, and they have lamented the destruction of the first temple every year on the anniversary of that destruction on the 9th of Av for nearly 2,000 years. The ambassador read an excerpt from the Jewish historian Josephus, who had witnessed the celebrations. And in an eyewitness account, Josephus noted that the spoils from the temple, including the golden table of the showbread, which I taught about in my video last week, and the golden temple menorah and Torah scrolls, were the centerpiece of the Roman celebration. Quoting Psalm 137, the ambassador said, If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand wither, and so forth. If I do not keep Jerusalem, Jerusalem in memory, even at my happiest hour. He said that verse is an oath that the Jews have surely fulfilled. And I believe he was indeed speaking prophetically there on location. You see, the Arch of Titus, plainly depicting the temple treasures, bears witness to the Jewish claim of an ancient house of worship in Jerusalem. And as we see so many statues being toppled, I wouldn't be surprised if terrorists would try to deface it altogether because of the truth depicted on the Arch of Titus. The image of the menorah has led to several requests from the chief rabbis of Israel and from various Israeli politicians for the Vatican to return the temple items, as well as countless other Jewish artifacts, return them to the state of Israel. Such an incident would have significant ramifications prophetically, and we are watching this space, so to speak. So you see, we're living in a time of strong delusion because people have not loved the truth. Violence and lawlessness are greatly increasing in tandem with many other signs, including the imminence of the Ezekiel War. And that's recorded in chapters 38 and 39 of Ezekiel. Now, if you're troubled about where the world seems to be headed, this is not the time to be confused or discouraged. This is the time to stir up your faith because your house is built upon the rock because you are the righteousness of God in Messiah. Some of you are passing through intense personal circumstances and tests to refine you, but just know that God has all of us in the palm of his hand. Never take your eyes off the Savior. Place your faith in Jesus and not in people who will always disappoint you, but he never will. God is gonna fight your battles. Remember, weeping may endure for the night, but weeping is temporary. Eventually, joy comes again. Let's learn to maintain our joy by staying in this word and spending quiet time alone with the Lord daily. You see, in the Hebrew Scriptures, there are some 300 prophecies about Messiah and his first and second comings. Jesus upbraided the religious leaders of his day because they were unable to correctly interpret the signs. Remember at the beginning of the program, I told you about the American TV program, To Tell the Truth? Well, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There have been many imposters of the Messiah in the past, and the greatest imposter is yet to come, the Antichrist. 
But we're not looking for Antichrist. We're looking for the return of the Lord. I'm telling the truth, and the Word of God bears witness to the truth. And one of the reasons the church is not being influential in society right now is that the church has lost its focus on the coming of the Lord. The church doesn't seem to have eagle eyes of faith and vision, but it's scratching around like chickens on the ground, engaged in worthless matters in light of eternity. Motivational preaching has its place. I need to be motivated and to be kept from discouragement, but I also must focus on the coming of the Lord. In this ministry, by faith, we're helping to turn our focus back on Him. And so I want to draw your attention to our website, exploits.tv, which reports on current end-time events relating to the church and to the nation of Israel that I believe will help your faith. And at our website and also at our Jerusalem Channel YouTube site, we offer a library of videos 24-7, and we invite you also to sign up for our free electronic magazine called Exploits. That title is based upon Daniel 11.32, which declares that the people who know their God will be strong, not weak, and we're going to accomplish exploits. We're going to do the works of the Lord in the remaining time before his imminent return. I invite you to share your thoughts with me on the social media or your phones or tablets through our free Jerusalem Channel mobile app. Well, until next time, always contending for the faith and praying earnestly for the peace of Jerusalem, I'm Christine Dark. Shalom and Maranatha. Here at the Jerusalem Channel, we work hard to keep you informed and up to date on prophetic end time events in the Holy Land. But we also see so many great humanitarian needs. And that's why your support is helping to keep this ministry lifting up the name of the Lord in the Middle East. One of our most recent projects was to donate and dedicate a fully equipped ambulance to Israel's National Volunteer Rescue Service. The ambulance is available to assist everyone, Jews, Muslims, Christians, and yes, even tourists who might need medical assistance. So thanks for being a part of the Jerusalem Channel by your gifts through our website or through our ministry addresses in the USA and the United Kingdom. Please help us to be a blessing to all the people of the Holy Land.